Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. And good morning. Welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert, along with Rhino in the Element Wealth Studios, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music, kicking off a new week and a new year. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. We are here. We are present and accounted for, ready to light this candle. Huh? <laughs> It is time, and let's see, in less than an hour, the Bulldogs will kick off their bowl game down in Tampa. Seen some photos floating around social media. Looks like beautiful weather for the game down there. And lots of tributes to the late coach Mike Leach. Mike on the field, seen that. They've got the helmets. They did decide to go with that, right, with the... Pirate logo there, the flag, skull and crossbones on the side. Looks cool. I like it. Taking on the Illini of Illinois. Ought to be good. I don't know if they've ever met in a game before, Mississippi State. If they have, it was eons ago. Yeah. Sort of like the national championship to be played a week from today, featuring the Horn Frogs of TCU. Right? Oh, yeah. How bizarre is that deal? The team that had a lot of people questioning whether or not they even belonged. They looked pretty dang good to me. Yeah. Took care of business, did they not? That was good. I will say, though, the Ohio State quarterback, he looked really good. I like the way he threw. Just had a pretty ball. But we are here, present, and accounted for one of but... A handful, maybe not even a handful, like a hand of one hand of fingers full of people in the building today. But we do have water pressure, I noticed. Kinda. For the most part. It's not bad. Well, it's it's enough to run the, the AC units and the urinals and the occasional toilet flush, but there's still people in the capital city, especially in South Jackson, that have been without or with very little for going on over a week now. Yeah. Uh, however, I did see my friend Jeff Good operates a couple of restaurants, you know, there in the capital city. He did say, after a week and a half, finally open for business today. So that's good to hear. Gosh, that's so 
I don't know how they deal with it, honestly. You got to start wondering, and I'm not suggesting, I'm not insinuating here just as a precursor for what I'm about to say. Do businesses start to take legal action against the city? Is there a case in there? You don't have any water. I can't operate. I'm losing money as a result. I don't know. I haven't heard that before, but it, it did cross my mind after I said, wow, a week and a half. That's a bunch of revenue you're losing. It's certainly worth running up the flagpole to see. Yeah, I don't know. But, and, and I'm certainly not suggesting or insinuating that Jeff would do that. I, I don't know. But is there a case? Is there a, a, a legal theory there that, of course, what are you going to get from the city? Excuses and race baiting. <laughs> Don't worry, though, because the te- federal taxpayers are about to send them $600 million. $600 million, Which we don't have any money to pay for. We just print it out of thin air, like always. Well, January 1st, which this year fell on a Sunday... The first day that January 1st was considered New Year's Day, 45 B.C. That's when the Julian calendar took effect, 45 B.C. Since then, January 1st has been New Year's Day. There you go. And tomorrow, oh yeah, those legislators will be, the boys and gals will be back in town, making all them laws again. How many bills they dropped last year? About 3,000. Yeah, getting closer to 4,000 than 3,000. Hmm. Of course, many do not see the light of day. They are dispensed with in committees on a regular basis. But 3,000... Plus, lots of stuff going on politically. It is an election year. Officially, we can declare that now. Election year, Mississippi. Statewide offices. House of Representatives. Senate. All will be contested. So far, everyone we've talked to on the program has said they're running for re-election. I don't think anybody has said, no, I'm not going to suit up again. And then tomorrow, I believe, Rhino, looking at the calendar, I think Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, will be in the Element Wealth Studios giving us an outlook on uh, the legislative session. I don't think it'll be quite as active, shall we say. His last one. I don't feel like there's as many high-profile issues to address. The one unfinished piece of business, at least I, I describe it that way, was the citizen-initiated ballot measure process. We have none presently in the state of Mississippi. 
And we've asked everyone that's come on where they stand on that. My sense is, overwhelmingly, members of the legislature believe we need one. And I think to this point, everyone we've interviewed has come down on the side of believing the process should allow citizens to implement statute as opposed to amend the Constitution. So it would be similar to passing bills in the legislature, sending it to the governor for enactment that the citizen measure process, if, a, if citizens collect the required number of signatures and meet all the other standards as prescribed in new law, because we don't have a way to do it now, but in new law, measures placed on the ballot would in fact create statute law as opposed to amend the Constitution. Seems most favor that process. We've also got up in Washington a brand new House of Representatives to be seated, a few new senators. Still lots of contention surrounding the Speaker of the House situation. Kevin McCarthy, who has been largely the leader in the clubhouse, as they say in golf, for Speaker of the House. He, uh, there's been a little contention surrounding that. He just this morning, I believe, Rhino, has conceded a bit to some of his detractors the main concession to, to, to garner all the votes, the necessary votes, to seat him in the chamber as the leader, the speaker. And one of those is, I believe, a, a no-confidence scenario where if five members of the House <laughs> – I don't know how that works – five members of the House, I believe, in the majority party – they would have the ability to say no confidence and call for a vote, a re-vote. I believe I got that right. This literally just broke while I was in the green room preparing to come uh, in the studio here. I'll look it up uh, while we're on a break here, midday's Super Talk Mississippi, in the Element Well Studios, first show of the brand new year, 2023. Hope you and yours had a great New Year's and looking forward to a fabulous 2023. We've got to be optimistic. i got to talk about some new laws that went into effect in California. You won't believe some of the crazy stuff that they put into law. We'll go through that and a whole lot more here on Middays in the Element Wealth Studios. Happy New Year, everyone. Coming right back. Back to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey! 
Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. Yeah, so the deal with McCarthy, we were just talking about that in the last segment. Kevin McCarthy trying to get the necessary votes to become Speaker of the House made a bit of a concession to the right wing of the party, as it is described. He says this concession any five Republican representatives can force a vote of no confidence in the Speaker. I didn't even know that was on the table or a matter of contention. Also has vowed to end the practice of proxy voting and virtual participation in hearings requiring the lawmakers to actually be in Washington. Because you know... It was something like more than 200 of the yay votes for the omnibus bill weren't even in the halls of Congress when they made the vote? That is correct. I think more were voted via proxy, were not present, than were present in the chamber casting their vote. I mean, it's only a $1.7 trillion spending bill, right? And to get that head start to the Hamptons. (laughs) Exactly right. It's just terrible the way we run the government. $1.7 trillion. Half the House isn't present. (laughs) So he's pledged to end such a practice. Of course, first order of business when the new House is seated is that they vote on, adopt, vote on rules. How do we run the place? That largely is the design of the speaker. That's one of the that's one of the privileges the speaker holds. Remember Nancy Pelosi had to wear a mask not so long ago. The other one I remember is I think I got this right. You recall this rhino where you couldn't it, it was the list of words, terms one had to use in communication as a member of the House about family members. You couldn't refer to a member's spouse as husband or wife. You couldn't use quote-unquote gendered language. That's it. No brother, sister. (laughs) That's important, you know, when we're making laws up there. Got to kowtow to the infinitesimally small crazy people percentage. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It is so crazy. Speaking of which, speaking of crazy people, do you have this one for us, Rhino? This new rep just got seated from the great state of Florida. Is trying to find a place to live. Second verse, same as the first with AOC back in the day. I can't afford to live in D.C. Listen to what he says here. Same as the first. If we can get that teed up, listen to what (laughs) this guy says. How do we elect people like this? What's it going to be like up here? I mean, this is not cheap. You have to... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not cheap. I'm dealing with it it right now, getting denied from apartments, trying to figure out where to live because I have bad credit. Uh, I'm probably just going to have to, like, couch surf for a little bit. (laughs) Can't get an apartment because he has bad credit. But he's sitting in the U.S. House of Representatives. He Making get... 7000 plus gross per check. Correct. 
bad credit. How does that not come out during a campaign? I mean, I mean have... what's his face? Is it in Massachusetts? Maybe it wasn't Massachusetts. What, wherever the Santos kids from, New where York. he made up everything. And that's despicable. And what bothers me about that is that it's this concept of whataboutism. Because all the folks on the right are defend, not all, many are defending. What about Joe Biden? What about this? What about that? It's like, well, it's wrong no matter what. He he's a lying fool, is what he yeah. is. I mean, it's and it's not just little lies; it's blatant. I think he made up everything about his resume, up to and including how and when his mother passed away. Didn't know that. Oh yeah, he tweeted out on one of the nine eleven anniversaries about how hard how hard it was losing his mother on nine eleven. And then a couple years later, oh. in the middle of December, he talked about how hard Christmas is five years on. After losing her so near to Christmas. Hmm. Well, the left is calling for him to resign. And some on the right are. And Tulsi Gabbard filled in for Tucker, I believe it was Thursday evening, and interviewed him, Santos. He's totally defiant about it. He doesn't acknowledge or admit. That's what bothers me more than anything. It's not like he came forward in a contrite fashion. His excuses, everybody lies on their own. They sure did. He said, well, all politicians lie. Oh, that makes you feel better, doesn't it? I mean, he's not far from the truth, but... That's sad. That that is absolutely sad. So there are some Republicans who are suggesting he resign, but I guess you could play the whataboutism game there and say, well, should we ask Joe Biden to resign? Due to his prolific propensity for lying. Or Liz Warren. Exactly. You could go down the list, but that doesn't justify it. When do we start working on electing people that, I don't know, don't lie their butts off all the time? In this this case, you could argue this guy got elected, because this is traditionally a blue district. I'm glad that we have a Republican representing the district whom I believe will likely caucus with Republicans from a vote perspective. But he's a liar. You just can't describe it any other way. And it wasn't just a little exaggeration here and there. It's his entire life history, his entire story he put forth and sold to the voters was just rife with lies. His work history, his personal history, his education, and even his sexual orientation. Didn't he lie about that? Allegedly. Nobody knows, I guess, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Outgoing Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson... He referred to his falsifications as unacceptable. He says the House Ethics Committee should deal with this. Keep an eye on Hutchinson. I think he may suit up for president. I really do. If I had to handicap it today, you guys can hold me to this. It's just purely a guess. Today. 
we're a year and ten months away, ten and a half or so, from the 2024 presidential election, I say it's a rematch of Trump and Biden. Just, just an opinion at this point. It's a rematch. I know people say that's crazy. That's what I think today. But what about the leftists that really, really want Hillary to give it another run? <laughs> it's finally her turn. <laughs> I saw that more than once over the weekend on social media, and I just laughed oh, and laughed and laughed. Oh, please. Finally her turn. What? Like, I saw one person talking about if they won the Mega Millions, they were going to donate big chunks to the Clinton Foundation. It's like, have y'all not paid any attention to where money goes when you give it to them? God. What about Haiti? Haiti? Anybody remember Haiti? Very true. Yeah. I don't hear a lot about that. Of course, Trump's tax returns. That was big news. Sort of. They Except for the fact that it showed that he lost money every year he was in office. I, I don't. It was such a nothing burger. And that he paid the taxes on what he was supposed to pay his taxes on. It was um, truly. It it was expecting to be a bombshell. And, and from the beginning, I said, I don't know what you guys expect to learn out of this. What you're going to see is that he leveraged all the complexities of tax law to minimize not only minimize, but pushes tax liability to zero. It does make him look a little silly that he tried to hide all that for no good reason, apparently. I agree. And it's, it's also clear, I actually read the 45-page report from the House, that uh, which was really the Department of Treasury, whom they ordered to review it. But honestly, he hasn't made any money in all those businesses. His, his wealth was inherited. The, the year of the last seven or eight that he really made significant money was when he sold a property that he inherited. He and his brother inherited from his father. And that's fine. I mean, it doesn't make you a bad guy. We're coming right back on Middays. We've got Captain Chris Turnipseed at 11.05. He'll give us a wrap-up of the New Year's enforcement period. Stay with us. You're listening to Middays with Gerard, Gerard Gibbert, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Middays, Super Talk Mississippi. We're in the Element Wealth Studios, kicking off a brand new week and a brand new year. On the ceasefire tax line, under the Sovereign Immunity Statute, Mississippi Torps, Torts Claims Act, Section 11 46 1, 
can't sue municipal officials under most circumstances. Okay, so we were talking about the water situation in the city of Jackson and the enormous cost for not having any water to businesses in the city, many of which were very adversely affected from an economic perspective. I just wondered whether or not they would have any standing to sue the city. Now, this text on the ceasefire text line says, can't sue municipal officials. What about the city as an entity, as opposed to, let's say, the mayor or the city council? I don't know. It's over my pay grade from a legal perspective. But it is, in, it is an interesting concept, at a minimum. Hmm. What station does the MSU game come on shortly online on supertalk.fm? Well, the, the game, the televised games on ESPN, 11 o'clock. I think to Central listen Park. online, you have to go to Hell State Plus on the athletics department's website. Okay. Makes sense. I'm personally not a fan of him, Trump. This is on the ceasefire text line. Having bank accounts in China the entire time during his presidency, especially after he stated in the debates that he closed them before he ran for election. I sort of remember that. Something else that, that uh, was determined as part of the release of his tax returns is that in his final year in office, he showed no charitable contributions for the year 2020, which would indicate that he, in fact, did not donate his salary that year to charity. If he did, he didn't record it in his tax return. That's highly unlikely that whoever prepares his taxes wouldn't also take that charitable deduction, as was the case in the prior years during his presidency. And that was consistent with his commitment. But the final year, for what that's worth, it does appear that he did not, in fact, donate his $400,000 a year presidential salary. And this guy we just played from from a Florida that can't seem to get an apartment because of bad credit. The salary, I would say, is probably more than he's ever made in his life, 174 for a member of the House or a member of the U.S. Senate. That's the annual salary. I do know that uh, real estate, whether in the form of rental, residences, or purchasing a house outright, a property, very expensive, if not the most expensive in the nation, that area, Virginia, etc., around the nation's capital in Washington. It is ridiculously expensive. And there are many members of the House, in particular, 
that live literally in their offices. I want to say maybe even Representative Greg Harper was one of those when he was in office. I seem to recall the representative discussing that. Uh, and many bunk out in the office there, use the, the house facilities for showering and cleaning up. Interesting. I did take a look at the D.C. apartment listings, though, over the break, and uh, there are several that, while out of my price range, they are certainly within the price range and the expectations of 174000 a year. Got you. You would think so. But availability is an issue, too, though. There were thousands available. Okay. I'm shocked. Because in the past, I know when I've talked to members, they've said you literally can't find anything. You can't find anything in the close in the the little circle they draw where they want to live. Yeah, yeah, those are accounted for by the more senior members who have been there for a while and scarfed up the properties. Right. Look up the statute. Can't sue the municipality either. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that. That honestly. I don't know how I feel about that. It seems like you ought to have some recourse. I mean, you do in federal court, but you'd have to take it to federal court. Because in in the statute, statute, it does state in Section 4. Yeah. I don't really know how to read these correctly in legalese, but under this one, it says, Nothing contained in this chapter shall be construed to waive the immunity of the state from suit in federal courts guaranteed by the 11th Amendment of the Constitution of the there United States. There you go. Okay. Uh, you know, you've certainly you've got damages. I think you could make the case that... And I'm not suggesting anybody go out there and file lawsuits. It's just a thought that crossed my mind. I just can't imagine shutting down a business for a week and a half, especially one that relies on consumer traffic. And if you can't accommodate the traffic because you don't have operating water service, and thus you can't produce revenue, you've got damages that were caused directly by the city. Now, it, there's situations, of course, where if this were unavoidable, but it's hard to make that case when you got the surrounding water systems functioning during that period of time. See, it's hard to point to weather, for example, unless that weather was some sort of direct impact to that city's water system. And I don't think that was the case over the last week and a half. It was cold everywhere This in this particular iteration of the water system failure. It, it was attributed to the, uh, the temperature, right? Water yeah, and it's kind of hard to blame it on the weather completely when, if you're familiar with the Jackson metro area and if you're familiar with, say, County Line Road, where south of County Line is Jackson and north of County Line is Ridgeland. True. Well, businesses on the south side of County Line had boil water notices and couldn't provide fountain drinks. Businesses on the north side of County Line were totally fine. Very true. And all you had was an imaginary line running down the middle of the road separating the two. 
right? Different water systems on either side. But I'm pretty sure the temperature was the same for both sides. Exactly. Hmm. So Brian and Madison just sent us a link to a Clarion Ledger story. I've yet to open it. This was, uh, okay, filed. Federal class action lawsuit. There you go. September 19th, 2022. A class action lawsuit. Okay. Well, I appreciate that update. So, not that it was a brilliant thought on my part, but obviously someone else was thinking about that as well. Of course, when you sue a party, if you're looking for some sort of financial reward, compensation, you know, it, it helps if uh, the defendant, if that's what you're looking for is a remedy, if the defendant has some money, has some assets, they don't in this case. That's always an issue, a concern. Hmm. Ben from Madison says, I still think Republicans need to take a long, hard look in the mirror if they want success across the country. Way too many independents have voted Democrat the last six or so years. And in fact, it was independents, Ben, that uh, supported Donald Trump in 2016 over arguably the worst candidate for president in the history of our country, Hillary Clinton, who's still stinging about that and thinks she won the election. But it was those who crossed over and really what amounts to a handful of counties in about four states that swung those states in favor of Donald Trump. That's how we got elected. And I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying there, Ben. And in fact, when we come back, i got to talk about what Donald Trump is attributing the 2022 losses to. Coming back in the Element Well Studios. You're listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi. Watching some uh, footage of Joe Biden. He's in St. Croix. He bolted these United States for the New Year's. And you probably heard. They flew the $1.7 trillion, 4,155-page omnibus bill to the Virgin Islands for him to execute it. They flew it. Yeah, because he had to sign it by the 30th. So, in business, you hang around till you finish your business. You put your vacation on the back burner. That's the difference between somebody who's got their butt on the line in business and a career government leech. Oh, it's okay if they stick it on an airplane. What happened to the carbon footprint garbage? That really is incredible if you think about it. 
Just another example of if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Where are all the journalists losing their minds? Yeah, agree. I, I totally agree. Because it wasn't all that long ago in the grand scheme of things where all you could find out about was Ted Cruz going to Cancun while Texas yeah, froze. Forgot about that. Hmm. Later on in the program, <laughs> I got to tell you why the liberals in this country are so optimistic about 2023. But first, <sighs> California. New state laws go into effect, went into effect yesterday. One of those provides for new state holidays. Three new state holidays. As if they ain't got enough. Three new state holidays. Juneteenth. No, no surprise there. Uh, that's sweeping the country. Here's one for you, though. The Lunar New Year. That is now a state holiday in the golden state of California. And that's because it's celebrated in Asian countries. And it, of course, coincides with the first new moon between the end of January and the first 15 days of the first month of the lunar calendar. I didn't know there was such a thing. But this one really got my attention. This is now a state holiday in California. Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day. That will be April 24th. It recognizes the killing of millions of Armenians in the Ottoman Empire during World War I. And I'm not making light of that event. Genocide, killing of people in war, or even if it's not war, just the commitment of commission of genocide is bad. But as far as recognizing holidays, I feel like we could come up with enough historical equivalence from a genocide perspective or let's say traditions such as the Lunar New Year which happens to be celebrated in Asian countries I'm sure there are other holidays observed across the planet in other countries that are connected to their culture and their history we could just adopt all of those here. We'd never work. Every day would be a holiday. You, you wonder. I mean, so it's three new holidays added to the calendar in California. This is another crazy one. This is being described as no more pink tax. No more pink tax. So, as it turns out, something of which I was unaware, folks out there maybe were aware of this, shampoo and deodorant. Evidently, women pay more for shampoo and deodorant, I guess that which is 
targeted at women. So this no more pink tax, this new law says that products sold by retailers that are substantially the same as the women's version of these shampoo and deodorant products cannot be sold at a higher price. I'm serious. This is a law that just went into effect in California. No more pink tax. Who the hell's going to determine if it's substantially similar? And that's the terminology in the law. They're going to test the shampoo and the deodorant? We finally know the secret. <laughs> Gosh, dog. The secret to secret. Which, of course, is just blatant, profound, price-fixing socialism is what that is. Taking a break for the news, Captain Chris Turnipseed on the other side of the break. Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply, to think deeply. and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. in the Element Well Studios. Happy New Year, everyone. Kicking off a brand new one, 2023. Joining us now, Captain Chris Turnipseed, the director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol Public Affairs Division. Captain, how you doing today, sir? Happy New Year. Oh, I'm doing good, Gerard. Happy New Year to too. I was concerned there. I thought I might have lost you there for a second, but I got back in there. So good deal. Yeah, we got you going. All right, give us an update. How'd we do over the weekend? Uh, we're looking pretty good so far. Uh, I'm gonna just. I was just sitting here during your break. I was looking at uh, totals from last year and this year. I'm gonna say that this holiday, this New Year's this year, wasn't quite as many travelers as it was last year. Uh, I, I see not as many citations written, but uh, we only had one fatality this uh, holiday season last year. It was two, uh, but just looking at the number of crashes, it's a lot lower. It was it, it was considerably lower uh, this season than it was last year. So that the number of crashes kind of tells me what the what the flow of traffic was and how, how much traffic we had. So uh, troopers did a good job. We still are in our last day. We actually consider. Today is the actual day most people observe New Year since it fell on Sunday, kind of like Christmas uh, last week. So we are, our troopers are kind of trying to sweep it up today and finish off today and get everybody that was out and, and traveling for the New Year's weekend home today. So tomorrow will be our big numbers and actually be our final uh, count. But uh, right now we're looking pretty good in, in relation to what we did last year. Good. So it sounds like we did better and uh, we certainly appreciate. The, uh, the troopers for keeping our roadways safe uh, over the busy travel weekend. Was it bigger than Christmas, New Year's travel weekend? I, I'm going to say no. I would say Christmas last weekend was a little bit okay. was considerably more. Considerably okay. more crashes. Definitely more fatal crashes. Uh, it's just kind of weird because we went from a uh, 70 degree weekend last weekend. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this swimming pool weather this weekend. Yeah. So, uh, I, I I don't know what what's going on here in this Mississippi weather, but last weekend was definitely it seemed to be a lot uh, more traffic on the roads than it was this weekend, and that you know that's kind of maybe of a trend. A lot more travelers 
uh, out, you know, a lot more long distance travelers on Christmas opposed to uh, New Year's. Well, you know, I got to ask you, how do we do with the seat belts? <laughs> okay, I figured you were going to ask me that. Let me, <laughs> let me get right here to my numbers here because that's our that's our big one. Uh, we did better this year than we did last year. I mean, uh, it was over a thousand. I remember from last year. Gosh, uh, over the yeah, over the over the holiday weekend on, on New Year's, and this year we're, we're around uh, around a little bit over six hundred over the weekend with the occupant restraint. So it's a be- it's better as far as how many uh, tickets we're running for that. I, I still I don't think as much we have as much traffic on this New Year's holidays we did last year. So my my sample might be kind of uh, uh, off there a little bit on, on what I'm basing it on. But still, that's a lot of people with no seat belts. And uh, like over the, I remember over the Christmas holiday, none, none of our fatal crashes were, were restrained. I remember Every, you telling us we that. We all yeah. had them documented as unrestrained. So uh, that seat belt's definitely something that you might want to consider, you know, in case you get in a crash. and. Mm. You want to live. You want to make it out the other side. So, well, I've been. I got to tell you, I've been. Years. I've been sharing this. I didn't mean to talk over. You apologize for that, Captain. I, I've been uh, sharing this information with uh, just people in my my circles, friends, and so forth, and they're all scratching their head. We don't know anybody that doesn't buckle up as soon as they get in their vehicle. So, it, when when I share with them these numbers, they're astonished, uh, as I was first time you you shared them. What can we do to improve this situation? I know you guys preach it. We certainly talk about it here on the program. Do you think that by citing folks for not having their restraints on, does that change their behavior, hopefully, after that? Well, George, like anything, you know, if if you don't do something, you know, that you're supposed to do, and you attach a consequence for it, which the consequence for you know, not wearing a seatbelt, the fine's not even a moving violation, and it's very minimal yeah. of what the costs are. Yeah. So I don't necessarily know that, you know, you could, you could go that route with citations and try to, you know, enforce people into wearing seatbelts. I'm, I'm always of the opinion of the mind that I think education and just uh, it starts at birth. You know, when you when you start putting your kid in that child restraint as a young child, and they've, they've always got in their car and wore their seatbelt, you know, from the time they're, you know, a tiny to all the way to adult. And when it comes to a habit, I think, I think establishing good habits is always uh, the best way, I think, for people to wear their seatbelts. Uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of the folks you see they are not restrained probably weren't restrained as, as kids either. And they good just point. kind of bad habits as they grew up. Sometimes, you know, people get in a car and just forget. I will say, you know, there's a times people jump in and, and are quick trying to go somewhere just up the road. They don't get it. When I get in this truck, if I don't wear my seat, put my seatbelt on, which I always do, but if something happens, I pull to the end of the driveway in the morning, it's going to be dinging at me, yeah. you know, before I get to the mailbox. So yeah. the, the, it reminds me. But if, if you've got that habit of just getting in, my kids are the same way. As soon as they get in the car, that I don't even have to say anything. They put their seatbelt on because it's just habits they've had as young, as, since they were young. I think it's just something that, as, as parents, uh, fathers, mothers, a uh, family that you just got to do. You just got to teach your kids, uh, and and hopefully when they get out and get away from you and become adults themselves, that they'll stick to those habits. Like I say, you can go the enforcement route. I don't necessarily know. We've been writing tickets for for restraints and occupancy restraints for a long, long time. Uh, you know, it, it, there is a result when people see us. They do put their seatbelts on because they don't want to get a ticket. 
but you know what's going to help is when you put it on right in your driveway yeah. when you when you, before you pull out on that roadway and it's just that's hard to do from from an enforcement point of view is get them to get as soon as they get in the car and make them put it on everybody wants to put it on when they come up to a checkpoint or or they see a police officer or what have you but you know sometimes that that, that that's not enough to get people to actually wear it regularly yeah new year uh just kicked off here a day ago What's uh, what's on tap at the Highway Patrol? Are there any any new laws that uh, perhaps we should be aware of, or any any new programs, initiatives you guys got going on? You want to share with us? Well, uh, law wise, I have not I haven't seen our law brief yet. I'm, I'm sure there's some things that are that'll get moved in. There's not a lot of uh, you know. This is I believe that we're getting to election year, so I don't know if there'll be a lot of laws. Uh, that are passed this year. Yeah, I know that we're are we're trying to start a. Uh, well, I don't know if we're trying to. We are starting a, a new patrol school here, uh, a, a new cadet class here at the end of end of January. So that's kind of what we're focused on right now is okay. getting ready to uh, start another patrol school and trying to add some men and women to our ranks to help us get our numbers up. So come these holiday season holiday periods next year, uh, we'll have some more help out there on the road. We've had a, had a good bit of retirement, a lot of good. A turnover and people, you know, timing out, aging out of the, of the system, and we've got to replace those troopers because we've got to keep uh, keep that refreshed, uh, so we can keep the, the the manpower out here on the road, so we can provide public safety adequately. Yeah, and something else that is probably worth touching on is we've uh, uh, we have received a fair amount of money funding for new new roads and bridges, and so that could cause some. Uh, some disruption to the normal flow of traffic that I think motorists probably ought to be aware of. Is there anything in particular we need to consider when we approach these these construction sites and the orange barrels and, and the workers and so forth? Well, always, I'll, you know, my approach to that is is always a vision that that's somebody your family that's out there working out there on the road. I mean, I know we get busy in our cars and our vehicles do what we want to do and we don't pay attention to what's going on around us we, we we don't we're not mindful of those folks but those folks out there that are working and on the sides of the road you know whether whether they be you know laying uh, resurfacing a road or cutting grass or doing anything on the side of the roadway they're family they're, they have families and we just need to be watchful and mindful and putting those phones down uh slowing down to, to a safe speed we're doing. We have uh, actually have uh, little, we call them uh, details now, where we we're, we're putting able to put troopers uh, in those construction zones, kind of watch out and kind of make sure that those people are safe there uh, working those construction zones. And patience. I mean, always got I mean, progress is always going to be a little bit of inconvenience uh, for some folks. You know, you might have a lane closure, uh, right and left lane. You know, you got to be mindful, be patient. If you got to merge over, and uh, people just need to. Uh, I mean, be mindful of. They're out there trying to make that roadway better, trying to make it safer for us, and and, and just give them a break uh, while they're working. Let them do what they got to do because when they get done, it's it's going to be a lot a better way to travel th- yeah. through those areas. It's good advice. It's uh, I'm just thinking about that with a fair amount of funding coming our way. Brad White, uh, executive director of a DOTD, on uh, with Gallo earlier and was talking about it. So. Likely to see more of it. We just need to slow down, be careful, be mindful of uh, those situations, and it could disrupt traffic. But on the other side of that, it's going to be an improvement in our roads and bridges. Captain, appreciate, as always, sir, you joining us today on Middays and giving us an update. Happy New Year to you and to all the state troopers, and please express our gratitude for their service to the state of Mississippi. Thank you. 
Good brother, draw. I appreciate you letting me on. Look forward to the next time we get to share some more about our uh, about our highway patrol and what's going, what we got going on. So I mean, y'all have a great New Year too, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Middays is stepping aside for a break. Coming right back. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone, to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. The Element Well Studios. So the Mississippi State game is underway. It's on ESPN2, by the way, ESPN2. I misspoke earlier, said it was on ESPN. ESPN2. The score is 0-0 at this point. Yeah, the Bulldogs lined up in the uh, air raid offense formation and took a delay of game, which the Illini declined. Yes, and you know that happened the in the Ole Miss-Texas Tech game as well. Texas oh, yeah. Tech. In their first series, lined up in the air raid formation in honor of uh, Coach Leach. Uh, it took a delay a game, and then Ole Miss declined it. So, uh, really cool to see the way college football teams, programs, fans, etc., have reacted in their respect and recognition, putting aside the uh, for Coach Leach, putting aside the the rivalries in the sport. That's pretty neat. It's, it's Gives you some cause for hope for the goodness in people. That's the way to kick off 2023, is it not? Feel good about that. So Mississippi State just punted, and uh, Illinois now has the ball. They've got it. Looks like, uh, what, on about the 20-yard line or so. Well, I am all for seatbelts, and I wear my seatbelt, and my vehicle doesn't move unless I have it on. But on the other hand, should not that make the choice of the people to wear it I'm trying to read through here stanley thank you or not to live or die so basically i think what you're saying stanley is maybe it shouldn't be law shouldn't be um imposed by law and there should be no penalties no ticket citations issued for failure to wear seat restraint I certainly get where you're coming from, and I, I struggle with that as well, Stanley. But here's another way to think about that, is when fatalities are caused by it, not wearing a seatbelt. Let's just say that having one on could have prevented the fatality. fact is, there are more costs associated with public services dealing with handling those fatalities. And so, by not wearing a seatbelt, you are, in fact, costing the taxpayers more to deal with your negligence in that case. And you could certainly apply that across a wide spectrum of society. And it's something that should be discussed. It's uh, it's a tough one. I, I agree with you on that. It is a tough one. 
Paul in Meridian says, I identify as a motorcycle driver. <laughs> oh, gosh. Damn uh, Joe Biden. What's that about? Oh, can we talk about the increase in natural gas prices? My Atmos gas bill doubled. I called them and they said it was correct. Price of natural gas has doubled. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. That's on the ceasefire tax line. My, my gas bill, my, all my energy, my electric bill, up as well. No doubt that uh, the price of fossil fuels is uh, also being felt, not only in the form of fuel for your vehicle, either gas or diesel, but certainly uh, in that which you consume to power some of uh, those things at your house that use energy. No doubt about it. I have, I have gas-powered heat, for example, so it's been cold. We generally don't use it a whole lot. We use the fireplaces, try to keep the heater off, but uh, it got pretty cold. We had to flip it on somewhat, so I'm sure that'll pump up the the, uh, the gas bill come next month, the one we're about to receive. There's just no, there's just absolutely no interest on the part of uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats to unleash America's rich deposits of fossil fuels. There's just none whatsoever, and I still maintain that until we do that, we're really not going to get a grip on inflation and certainly not going to grow our economy to the level we could. We're all paying the price for that. Joe Biden, on the other hand, is scheduling, I think, some, some speeches to the nation about how great the economy is and in, intends to celebrate his efforts, his accomplishments there. In fact, he's on the Twitter universe. Well, whoever tweets for him is. is talking about how great the economy is and wanting you to know... I guess they haven't bought eggs recently. <laughs> exactly. Which are off the chart. Five dollars a dozen. Yeah. He wants you to know, however, does Joe Biden... Here's his tweet from yesterday. Just 12 hours until many of the cost-saving provisions in the Inflation Reduction Act kick in for millions. And, of course, he's referring to forced price controls in electric vehicle credits. And now, by the way, you're familiar with the fact that the IRS is pushed out the date which they'll release all the detailed regulations and the code for all these crazy credits. Now they're working through, well, what if you lease an electric vehicle versus buy an electric vehicle? And it sounds like they've reached some conclusion there, such that if you lease an electric vehicle, the credit will still apply. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say these credits probably aren't going to send folks in droves to the showrooms of electric vehicle retailers, nor are they going to just jam-pack 
the Lowe's and the Home Depots and the hardware stores buying electric water heaters, which also are subject or qualify for tax credits or, or upgrade their electric power panels in their homes or install incredibly expensive solar panels, all of which now qualify for credits. That went into effect January 1. I don't think you'll see a big rush for the EVs, especially in places that were impacted by the bomb cyclone over the Christmas break, because I've seen countless stories now of people traveling north to visit relatives and family and friends and having to stop about every 45 minutes to an hour to sit there and wait for about an hour while they pay $30, $45 for a supercharge, only to get about another hour, because the blistering cold does not really work well with a battery. Including the electric snow plows in New York. You saw that? Oh, yeah. Good for about four hours, and then they're just stuck there. It's just stupid. Again, this doesn't mean there's not an opportunity, that there's not some future for electric vehicles. It just means forcing it now is imprudent. It's ideological. It's not functional. It's not based on some functional rationale. It's totally based on ideology. Look at us. We got electric snow plows. Remember Kamala a couple of months ago? Oh, my favorite part is the electric yellow dog buses, right? School buses. Who doesn't like, isn't that what she said? Who doesn't like an electric, or who doesn't like a yellow school bus? That's my favorite. Why does she insist on talking to rooms full of adults like she's a kindergarten teacher reading My Favorite Little Puppy? <laughs> You're exactly right. Paula Meridian says, if it's your time, it's your time. I pulled a guy out of a wreck that did not have a seatbelt on It threw him over into the passenger seat. If he had been buckled in, the steering wheel would have crushed him. Well, not with an airbag, Paul. Uh, you'd have to go back pretty far to find a vehicle that doesn't have airbags in them anymore. Some even at one point had collapsible steering wheels, right? Or they changed the materials. But the airbags, right, in the steering wheel. I don't know when that became law. It's been a while. And I hear you, it's your time, it's your time, but... I mean, that doesn't mean to be that you can just be negligent. Well, I don't have to worry about it. It's not my time if I go jump off this... 500 foot high building. If it's my time, I'll die. If it's not, I'll be okay. I, so I don't, I don't buy that. I mean, you, you still have a, an obligation, and I think the good Lord expects you to protect that life He gave you best you can. Illinois, by the way, scored a touchdown. Had it called back on a procedure call, and now they're still driving. Hmm. Wayne Chung bumping us out of this segment. We're in the Element Well Studios, first show of 2023, coming right back. You and everyone we knew, do believe, do, share what was true, oh, I said. That's all day's love. Bring it on. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi.
Hayes is back with you. Super Talk Mississippi. Still 0-0, 2 minutes, 14 seconds remaining in the first period. Neither team really able to get anything going on offense there. In addition to the new three new holidays enacted in California, new minimum wage, $15.50. They say that will raise the minimum wage for workers, about 3 million workers. I'm not buying that. I, I don't think, I just can't imagine there are 3 million workers in California who are earning, of course, I don't know what the present minimum wage is. I didn't think about that. That's different than the federal minimum wage. So the $15.50 is probably not that significant an increase to the present or the pre-2023. Yeah, said, in 2016, they bumped it up to 15 an hour across the board. Okay, so it's going to 15.50. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. Three million earning the federal minimum wage? No, 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 no. So, and there are not many states remaining. Mississippi, one of them, that still does observe the federal. What's that? Seven and a quarter, I believe, minimum wage. I haven't heard anything out of our legislature or members thereof discussing, uh, advocating for an increase in the minimum wage. I'm for no minimum wage. I just think, again, that's a form of government socialism, central planning, pay, and price. You just see more and more of that. Speaking of, with Southwest seems to have gotten their act together after... A, Took them long enough. Yeah, a couple of weeks of really bad service, right? And, and uh, lots of cancellations. They were averaging about... 2,000 or so a day for a little over a week, I believe. And they seem to have squared away their systems problems, at least sufficient to return to mostly a normal environment. What I disagree with, of course, is these calls for Pete Buttigieg and the Department of Transportation to go after Southwest. I don't know what it is they intend to do for Southwest to pay refunds or some sort of restitution, financial restitution, to those impacted negatively. No, I don't, I don't favor that. And I've been disappointed to see there are some Republicans that are taking the opportunity to just blast a member of the president's cabinet Pete Buttigieg needs to do his job. I disagree. I think the Department of Transportation ought to stay out. It's just, it's a customer service problem. It's a company performance issue here. The market will fix that. We don't need government. I mean, heck, what's next from an industry perspective? The government's going to start stepping in? into, I don't know, the retail industry, the restaurant industry? You had to wait in the drive through line too long. we got to go after them. It's a serious question. 
Where do you draw the line? If it's okay for the government to insert themselves in the middle of this issue, which is a it's a performance issue. It's just business not delivering good customer experience. Just failure of their systems. Okay. Did they break any laws? Violate any contracts? I think not. Then leave them alone. I don't like what they did. I'm not condoning it. But the market will bear it out. Of course. Because if you're flying, you're definitely going to think twice before booking with Southwest. There have been numerous passengers who have already said that. Not to mention the losses they incurred by not being able to operate. They don't make money when they're not flying like that. So they, they'll take their medicine. There's no doubt. The market's great at that. Way more effective than a Pete Buttigieg meeting with a CEO of a major airline. I got no confidence in that. He doesn't have a clue. I think they pretty clear to them now, their management, that, yeah, we blew it here. We failed. We failed our customers. We failed the market. We failed to deliver. So they'll either decide to fix it. What if they just said, okay, we're done. We're closing shop. Well, then what, Buddha Judge? No, you got to keep operating. You see where that's going? I mean, what's next? You have to get your, your schedules approved? By Buddha Judge? When you can fly, where you can fly, how long it takes. Uh, no, I'm not for that. that. That is blatant government central planning socialism. They want, of course, you know that. They want to be in the boardroom of every corporation, they want a seat at the table. Hmm. No, that's, that's not right. I mean, they, they failed miserably from an operational perspective, did the airline. I think all of us have had experiences where we felt like we were wronged by sellers of some product or service, and that's fine. If they didn't break any law, then you, you typically vote with your feet in your pocketbook. That's the way this ought to work. We don't need government. Gosh, I just can't say that enough. We don't need government in the middle of that. It's no different than Joe Biden, who's just lauding the Inflation Reduction Act because they just impose price controls. There's nothing noble about that. There's There's nothing accomplished there. Just sign a lawsuit. You can't sell that for that price anymore. Look what we did for you. That's... Hmm. And then it makes me think about how we continue to elect representatives in Washington, and I'm not talking about Mississippi specifically, but just across the country, because they bring home the bacon. Oh, they brought home the bacon. So we reward bad behavior. They keep bringing home that bacon. I'm going to keep sending them up there. you got to balance the budget. I mean, the same people will say that. Oh, it's... It's true. And you know what? As long as we keep electing folks because they brought home the bacon, then they're going to keep doing it. 
and you wake up and you're $31 trillion in debt. Which, by the way, the debt ceiling, that's the, never bi the next big battle looming in Congress because we're running out of borrowing power sufficient to run the government. It's coming up this week. And if we don't raise the debt ceiling, same old deal, government shuts down because we can't borrow to pay the bills. What's sad is we got to keep borrowing to pay the bills. Mm. Also in California, <laughs> you knew you saw this coming, folks. Cheaper abortions. Speaking of central planning socialism, in California, effective yesterday, private insurance companies cannot charge co-pays and deductibles for abortions. You're getting open heart surgery? Yep, copay and deductible. Cancer treatment? Copay and deductible. But abortion? Oh no. No copay and deductible on that. That will save an average of $543 for a medication abortion and $887 for a procedural abortion. No copays and deductibles. So, of course, what does that mean to insurance premiums? They rise because insurance companies, they're now bearing these costs. So guess what else likely happens? People seeking an abortion, they go to California. Maybe take up residence, buy insurance in California. It's just all kinds of gaming of that you can just see playing out, can't you? So this is a situation where the decision to overturn Roe, I totally believe, was correct from a legal perspective and a moral perspective. But unfortunately, sending it back to the states means states such as Mississippi and other conservative states, uh, they, they uh, take up the task of limiting or in some cases totally banning abortions. Some states such as California and the big blue states, they make it much easier and much cheaper. So I'm not sure if the net effect of that isn't stays the same in terms of the number annual or, or might even increase the number of abortions. Coming back with the final segment, Super Talk Outdoors after the noon break. Are we going to do this? Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. On Super Talk Mississippi. Back to midday, Super Talk Mississippi, second period just underway. Mississippi State was driving. They were on about the 15 or so of Illinois and unfortunately threw an interception. So Illinois now driving in the other direction. 11 minutes, 19 seconds remaining in the second period. Yeah, it looks like it got tipped at the line of scrimmage. So tough oh, okay. break. Okay. Uh, the Relia Quest Bowl being played down in Tampa. Hmm. 
with a great memorial set up on the deck of the pirate ship in the stadium for the late, great Mike Leach. Really cool. Agree. So good to see that. And, and same within the state of Mississippi, even from uh, rival Ole Miss. <clears throat> very, very proud of the way they have handled that as well. And it's no secret, he and Kiffin were big buddies as well. Very similar in that they're a bit eccentric, to say the least. Just interesting personalities, not the typical you find in a coach. And uh, also, in the way you can tell that, I think, more than anything, is when they're interviewed. You don't get the, the coach speak platitudes and cliches. Not trying to be critical here of Mark Richt, George's coach, but in the in the post-game interview with him, of course, that was a, a good game, and they were pretty fortunate. You mean Kirby Smart? Uh, Kirby Smart. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm backwards a generation. So Kirby Smart says... He was there a long yeah, time. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, yeah. My bad. So Kirby says, it's so predictable. Well, you know, there's no quit in this team. <laughs> I'm so proud of this bunch. a special bunch. Like, they say that every year, right? We talked about this at the beginning of the season, that we were going to play every down as if it was the last one, and like, it's just all the platitudes, and all the cliches. <laughs> and he's right, but that's just so predictable. Well, the one thing you could count on from Coach Mike Leach, it was never predictable. And that's what made it fun. That's what made him special. He wasn't going to just fill you up with all the same coach speak everybody else does. Oh, there's no quit. Well, nobody quits. I, I don't ever see that. I don't know where they get that from. Does that mean that the losers quit? I don't think so. He just got beat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it's what makes it fun. You always look forward, certainly, to Coach Leach in his post-game interviews and briefings. No doubt he was the greatest of all time at that. Kiffin a little dry as well. Both of them have the wandering eyes. You ever notice that? They don't look at the reporters, which I think makes it cool. That's the intrigue of it. We're going to be down at the Capitol uh, for Capitol Day. Excuse me, down at the Trademark on Thursday with the Mississippi Economic Council. Looking forward to that. And I think the Gallo Show will be there as well, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll be down at the Trademark, which is uh, a really nice place to do the event. It's been in the Coliseum in the past. I, I'm glad to see it move to the Trademark. I'm looking forward to that. Should be fun. And I'm sure we'll be talking to members of the legislature, statewide leaders. Haven't seen the schedule yet, but I think that's what we can expect. Hard to believe. Session underway tomorrow. It will uh, shape up, I think, pretty soon as far as what the key priority issues are that they'll be taking up. I think um, conventional wisdom says during an election year, maybe it it uh, tempers just a bit. 
And certainly last year was one filled with lots of high-profile issues. We'll see where that goes. Okay, so I said it earlier, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, rematch 2024. Well, over the weekend, former President Trump, he blamed pro-life Republicans. Did you catch me on that? He blamed pro-life Republicans for the party's rather dismal performance, certainly dismal in terms of what the expectations were in the 2022 midterms, just a month uh, plus ago. He says, it, quote, it wasn't my fault that the Republicans didn't live up to expectations in the midterms. It was the abortion issue, poorly handled by many Republicans, especially those that firmly insisted on no exceptions, even in the case of rape, incest, or life of the mother that lost large numbers of voters. Hmm. Said it wasn't me. It was those hardcore pro-life Republicans. That's an interesting opinion there offered by the former president that Republicans will certainly have to, to process. We're out of time here today on Midday Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews coming up next for you back in the Element Well Studios tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.